are listening to Sports and More with Chris and Tom. Welcome back as the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a selling movie. This is Sports and More with Chris and Tom. I am Chris and Tom is not here. Tom knows Saiki. He's gone. He's on vacation with his lovely wife and kids. So Chris is going to step in, fill in the role for the two, for the duo today. Try to give you guys an episode because we didn't have one last week. So I thought I would give you guys some content for this week. And it's going to cover, and just to be clear, I covered this with Tom. I made sure none of the topics I covered tonight are things he wanted to talk about. So we're all good there, guys. Tom, don't worry. I'm not talking about anything that we discussed already that you want to talk about. So it's all good right here, right now. But before that, let's get into the MLB standings update because things have happened last week that have not at all changed the standings because that's how the MLB works. Even though it's 162 games, nothing changes much past May. In the AL East, the best division in baseball, the Yankees still hold a massive 13-game lead over the Rays for the first place. Every team in that division is above 500. Orioles, you're welcome. You got to sweep the Cubs. The Cubs suck. So there you go. In the AL Central, the Twins have a 5-6 game lead over, four and a half game lead over the Guardians, who have who are now in second place. The White Sox are massively underperforming, and the rest of the division is just bad. In the AL West, you have the Astros with like a nine-game lead over the Mariners. Astros will probably will probably take that division. The Angels have fallen off the planet again. How can you have the two best guys in baseball or two of the top five talents in baseball and still suck? I don't know, but the Angels managed to do so. In the NL East, you have the Mets holding on to a two-and-a-half game over the Braves. I know we said that division was probably safe at a certain point because they were up like five. They were up dang near eight games at one point, but the Braves have stormed back. The Mets are facing the Cubs this weekend, so they may be able to gain some uh, take back some of the ground because the Cubs are losing games left, right, and center. In the NL Central, you have the Brewers and Cardinals duking out for first place, with the Cardinals only behind, I believe, two games. Hard to tell though because of the game, the or three games be hard to judge because of how many fewer games the Brewers have played, and then the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds all suck. Cubs doing their best to suck worse than the Reds, and which is unfortunate on the one hand because Cubs fans want to see the team do well. On the other hand, it means we get a good draft pick. So, gotta take the good with the bad sometimes, y'all. And in the NL West, you're the Dodgers, of course, with an eight and a half game lead over the Padres, and which is astounding because the Padres are still a very good team, but the Dodgers are just that much better. And then the Giants, Rockies, Diamondbacks are all bringing up the rear in that division. So there you go. Standings are pretty much where we had them last in two weeks ago. So nothing's changed really. Nothing's really changed. There might be a few teams flipping and flopping in the third and fourth spot, but nothing in the top in the division leaders to do anything, to change anything. So... Well, when we come back next week with Tom, it, probably nothing will have changed, but I'll still give you an update anyway. So, with that being said, let's go into some quotes of the week. Uh, as you guys know, we're dealing with some uh, little big tough times if you're dealing with some following the political landscape, following the social landscape. So I thought I would hit you guys with two quotes that get you guys through life, to you guys for everyone to think about as we go through these terrible, these tough times. The first quote, both quotes come from a, one of my favorite book series, the, the Truth series. Both are from my favorite character in the series, Richard Rawl. So here's the first quote. Only you can achieve self-worth for yourself. 
any group offering it to you or demanding it of you comes bearing chains of slavery. That's from Richard Rawl from the book Faith of the Fallen. Very good book. I highly recommend everyone read it, but you have to read the first five books before that in order to get to that book. And that's like eh, a couple thousand pages of, of reading. So unless you get the audiobooks and then it takes eh, a couple couple weeks to get to that point. But very good book. Very good quote. I like that quote a lot. The second quote is one that's kind of relevant based on what happened in the courts a couple uh, couple weeks ago. Children are not necessarily evil just because the father was Richard Rawls, Stone of Tears. In the book, Stone of Tears, good quote. That's, we're going to leave it at that, but these are two quotes I find interesting, very important quotes. I saw as I, I've read those quotes before. I said, that's a good quote to remember for the future as something for me to remember, and I try to remember myself. Now, with that being said, now all that happening, we also had to talk about the economic situation. As you guys know, I love talking economics. Tom's not as much into the economic stuff as I am. He doesn't cover it. As, he doesn't read it as I do because he has the, the, the old accounting degree. The old accounting, stick in the mud. We just look at numbers and tell you what happens. Economics is more or less the expansive look at the, the whole picture. And we have some interesting, uh, to say, interesting in the bad sense times that we're going through right now because of this historic inflation which is leading to fears of something worse than the line i mean the june report just came out i think it was two days i might mean yesterday or two days ago this is the 15th so if you guys listen after the 15th i'm sorry it's not it'll be a little bit longer though but the inflation rate for june was 9.1 percent Woo! now that's high i know we talked about this a few months about a month or two ago about the inflation rates and how high they've been, and I had get, did a deep dive on what, how inflation happens. Listen back to the episode; very good episode. You guys will enjoy it. And we also found out that the, we also know from back in April that the Q1 2022 GDP gross domestic product growth was 1.6 percent negative. Not good. That means the economy got smaller in the U.S., not bigger, which is never a good thing. Which means we have fears of the U.S. being in a recession. Because if this quarter is negative in growth, which we won't know until July 20th when the numbers are officially released, and then we will also have incredibly high inflation, which leads to fears that we haven't seen since the 1970s in this country, and actually around the world for that matter, and that is stagflation. Not good. Stagflation, not good. It's not good. Not good at all. So what is stagflation? If the, for those of you who don't read up on the economics, don't read up on your history all that much, stagflation is slow economic growth and relatively high unemployment or economic stagflation, stagnation, my bad, which is at the same time accompanied by rising prices inflation. Stagflation can be alternatively defined as a period of inflation combined with a decline in the gross domestic product, GDP. So... That's the uh, definition from investopedia.com. It's a good definition. It's about it's the most accurate definition you can find because those are the two ways of viewing stagflation that uh, people tend to use. So it's one. It's kind of a it's an either or situation, as it were. And what can cause stagflation? Well, those there are shocks to the market, i.e., like gas oil supply decreases. That's just a generic one. There's supply chain issues. You can't get what you want, and that causes inflation. But the GDP also slowing down, and which is uh, just because people can't buy things, people aren't consuming as much, people aren't making as much because of these supply chain issues. So you have people want to buy more things, but you can't make the things so for people to buy them. 
and people are consuming things because they're seeing the inflation go up. So it's kind of crazy combination effect. Another thing that can cause stagflation is the government prints currency, which causes the money supply to increase and creates inflation. While simultaneously, while simultaneously increasing taxes, which causes people to spend less money because they have less money to spend as well. So it's kind of slows on. The, so on the one hand, they're raising prices through inflation. On the other hand, they're slowing down economic growth because they're increasing taxes. Just stop me if any of this sounds familiar to you guys right now. Just stop, just stop me. If, if anything I said sounds like anything that's happened in the United States over the last six months. Stop me if that sounds familiar. So. The question going on that people have right now is, are we in stagflation? Well, inflation has been high as we've not seen since the night between since the period between 1973 and 1981. I mean, we've been above 7.5% since January 2022. So, check. We have inflation. That we have in space. It, it, I mean, it's high. We're not at like the 12% it was at some point in the 1970s, but it's getting, it's getting bad. Do we have a shock to the oil slash oil supply causing increasing gas prices check 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 double check i mean u.s gas and oil policy changed um changed to uh in around eh, january 2021 i don't know what would cause that to change but the, the policy changed to find or produce and ref to uh, find less gas and refine less gas and then we had the russia ukraine war so uh, sorry i believe that was march of this year which caused gas from go from two dollars and twenty four two sorry guys two dollar two point two four nine dollars per gallon in January twenty twenty one to four to four point six four six dollars per gallon in July at around July eleventh. So gas prices have doubled. So we have that problem. We have shortage of gas. We have the oil reserve being. Uh, we have the U.S. government, uh, President Biden, releasing the. Oil from the uh, strategic reserve, not good. We have a shortage of gas to try to shock the system back into better gas prices. Do we have slow GDP growth? Well, almost certainly at this point. Uh, we know Q1 was down 1.6% negative GDP growth, not good. And the anticipated uh, Q2 numbers from the Atlanta Fed are suggesting that it will be negative 2.1 GDP growth in Q2, which that report will be released in about two weeks. So if that happens, you have recession clearly, and you have inflation, but not a good sign. Not a good sign. So almost certainly we have slow GDP growth. Even if it's like 0.7%, that's slow GDP growth by any metric of the imagination. It doesn't have to be negative. It just has to be slow. Now, do we have high unemployment? Not really. Not in the traditional sense because the unemployment rate is 3.6% in June, which is very low. It's about, it's about as ideal as you get in a true sense, because it's always going to be unemployment level. You never have full, like, zero unemployment. It, it can't exist just because that's how uh, the, the economy, it, all economies work, how all societies work. You can't, and not everyone will have a job. If you do that, you have communism, and that tends to end up poorly for everyone else. However, businesses are still having difficulty hiring people. So to get the full staff, if you work for a business, you know that, uh, everyone is trying to find more employees because they're still short set in certain areas, typically manufacturing areas. They're sure I know the company I work at. We're still trying to get one of our plants to full capacity because we are short, so short set and we have so much inventory brought in because of supply chain issues that we're now trying to make stuff and we're behind. It, it's, it's just mayhem. It's absolute mayhem. Also, unemployment rate isn't the best metric when you're thinking about these things uh, because the unemployment rate is essentially 
the percentage of people who have jobs who are in the labor force, which is typically around ages 18 to, I think, uh, 65-ish, right around there, and people who are actively looking for jobs. So the labor rate, the unemployment rate can decrease when people remove themselves from the labor force by either retiring or they don't look for work for over a year. So we know there's the great uh, uh, retirement or the great leaving of the workforce that happened during COVID. And perhaps some of those people are still not looking for jobs. Perhaps some people are still staying retired. Therefore, the labor market has decreased there and the jobs have stayed roughly the same for the last few months. So perhaps unemployment is artificially down, but it could, but based on what we're seeing from all of businesses, unemployment rate is kind of out of whack what we're experiencing in today's society. So what does this all mean? What is Chris's What does this crazy man on the internet have to say about stagflation? And quite honestly, and quite obviously, stagflation has arrived. It is here. We don't know for sure with GDP growth, but we can assume it's going to be slow if it grows at all. We know that the Fed thing is going to be a decrease of 2.1%. We are in trouble. We have not seen this since the 70s, early 80s. And if you do any of your homework, it is bad. It is horrible. It, le- it will lead to a recession. It will lead to the slowing down of people having jobs. It will slow down to businesses. People will make less money. It's just a horrible, horrible time all around. Hopefully, we don't have to deal with the gas lines they dealt with in the 70s where they had to wait for like hours to get a to get their allotted like two gallons of gas in their cars. So hopefully, we don't have that happen, but it's getting dicey, people. It's getting dicey, and essentially, the reason why you're not hearing that speculation is here is because the media and the government are just covering up by not talking about it or saying, well, it's not really inflation. It's Putin's price. Like, it's all these other... Uh, they try to deflect what's actually happening to try to keep the American pu- uh, public in a better mood, but uh, no one's buying it. If you can, if you read all the polling from people who are talking about what's their biggest uh, thing going to election year, it's all about the economy. As uh, Bill Clinton once wrote on his uh, no card when he's running for election, it's the economy stupid. That's the biggest po- problem people are dealing with, and everyone knows it is not good. We are in dire straits. This is hurting the uh, lower class and the middle class the most, and that's where we're going to be having problems with, and this is why the media and the government are not talking about this because it doesn't affect their their corporate interests. So we are so stagflation has arrived. It is here. Just be prepared. Band on the hatches. Try to save money where you can. This is coming from the your typical account who doesn't spend money on much of anything outside of his bills. So uh, even this show, I bought the this computer and everything with the free money we got from the, from the government. I know I'm not a big fan of it, but hey, you're gonna give me free money. I'm gonna spend it when everything was cheaper. So, stagflation is here. Chris's verdict. Bad down the hatches, people. But now let's get into some lighter topics. Let's get into some sports. So we've had the more, and let's have some sports with this show. And we're going to talk about the top 10 NFL QBs heading into the 2022 season. This all started by ESPCNN. Had a controversial list, according to many, where they left off uh, Lamar Jackson and Colin Murray from the list. We got everyone all up in arms about this thing. And this caused every other to- sports talking head to cover this. So I had to create my own definitive list. This is the Chris Miller list. It is the actual, it is the real list, it is the only list that counts uh, according to Chris, according to a guy on the internet who does not make any money doing this. So number 10 on my list is Dak Prescott. 
Yes, I think Dak Prescott is extremely talented. Yes, I think Dak Prescott puts up numbers. But does but does Dak Prescott get the Cowboys any extra wins over anyone else? Not really. But is he better than a lot of the other guys, in my opinion? Yes. So he's number 10 on my list. Number 9. Derek Carr, shocker. Derek Carr is a top 10 quarterback. He's extremely talented. And for a quarterback to get a team to the playoffs, despite everything that happened last year, your coach getting fired for things he said that were horrible and heinous, to a, a, your one of your receivers uh, killing someone while, while having a horrific DUI accident, done for the, done out in jail, It's he's not coming back, and they made the playoffs somehow, that is, uh, with a interim head coach, that's on Derek Carr's leadership ability, and I take leadership ability into high regard when I talk about quarterbacks. The quarterbacks have to be leaders. It doesn't have to be the rah-rah guy, but they have to lead in some way, shape, or fashion. Derek Carr does that. Number eight is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, extremely talented quarterback, but we've seen the results in Seattle when he doesn't have a defense. Russell Wilson, by himself, will not elevate Seattle. He needs more around him. He is extremely talented. He's a very, very daggone good quarterback. But he's now the, what I would think is the fourth, he's the third best quarterback in his division and the fourth best team in his division, which is pretty much where he was in the NFC West last year. So he's kind of reverted back to the same as well, where he's on the least best team and he's maybe the second or third best quarterback in his division, even though he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Number seven is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert from the, San, from the San Diego Chargers. He's a very, very good quarterback. Yes, he's not in the playoffs, but that is more on the coaches he's had than on him. If you watch any Chargers game at any point in time, you would say Herbert's a guy. He is a pro bowler. He is a potential MVP candidate. The problem is his coaches have been uh, atrocious. Anthony Lynn was bad, was straight garbage, as, as some would say. And then Brandon Sealy did not see a fourth down call he didn't like. Fourth and five from the 18, go for it. Fourth and five from, from their own end zone, go for it. Brandon Staley needs to calm down and quit gambling and just play football. Understand that sometimes the analytics are wrong. Sometimes they are just wrong. If fourth and five from your own 23, punt the football. Done. Herbert is a talented quarterback. It's all on whether the coaching staff can figure out what not to do and what to do. Number six is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is one of, if not the biggest reason why the Bengals made the playoffs last year. Yes, their defense was phenomenal when they needed to be shutting down the Chiefs to only three points in the NFC Championship game in the second half was phenomenal. But Joe Burrow gives that team that leadership quality. He gives them that moxie. He gives them the accuracy. He gives them the, sometimes you got to be a gunslinger to sling it and hope something happens. You can't always be safe for the football. Sometimes you have to take risks, and Joe Burrow does that. And Joe Burrow is a is a dog. And everyone who says they don't want Joe Burrow on the team is lying to you. The only team, teams that don't want Joe Burrow on their team are teams that have a superstar quarterback. But Joe Burrow is a guy I would love on the Bears right now. Because he is a dude. He's a dog. And really, he could be high if I wanted to be a little bit more ballsy. As, as I were with my list. Number five is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. As much as I rag on the evil green, green and yellow team that hails from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Aaron Rodgers is a daggone good quarterback. He habitually, frequently 
owns the Bears and does it in our face, and we can't stop it. I hate it, but then he does that. But he's a really good quarterback. The reason why he's only had five on his list is because he lost Devonte Devonte Adams, who is the number two quarterback receipt. Uh, number two receiver in the NFL to the Raiders. So now the question is, who is Rodgers throwing the football to? He's never been on a team where he's had no one to throw the football to in, really in his life. So this will be the challenge of Rodgers having the no-name game to throw the football to, and we'll see what happens. I have no doubt he can still whip the Bears' butts, whip anyone in the NFC North's butt, but how good is he going to look without his go-to guy? We shall find out. Number four on this list is a man who played for a horrible franchise, a franchise that Peter King thought is a, who thinks who Peter King thinks is going to be the 20th best team in the NFL, being better than the Bears. A guy who played quarterback for the Detroit Lions for 10 years leaves the Lions in his first year with an actual NFL franchise wins the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford. Stafford it showed us all who showed actually showed the NFL community who he is. NFC North fans have known Matthew Stafford is a guy. He is a great quarterback. Matthew Stafford can sling it, and he's coming back with essentially the same team outside of OBJ, who has not re-signed with the Rams. He still has Cooper Cup. He still has all his running backs. Still has all his receivers outside of Cooper Cup. Still has his tight end. The Rams are going to be good, and Stafford is a major reason why. Stafford puts up numbers, and he wins games. Yes, he looked. He had herky-jerky moments last year. New offense, new team takes a while to get going. We said the same thing about the I said the same thing about the Bucks in 2020 when they when they went on their run. I said the Bucks will have some ups and downs, but they will get hot when the time gets right. I just think the Rams were going to beat the Bucks in the playoffs. I was wrong. Matthew Stafford is still the is still a guy number four on my list. Number three is Patrick Mahomes, my homeboy. Patrick Mahomes is a supremely talented quarterback who, when he's red hot, is unstoppable. But when he's at his cold, oh boy, oh boy. He doesn't have many of those moments, but they tend to happen in big games where he gets ice cold. And Mahomes is going to have to deal with the fact that he doesn't have Tyree Kill anymore. However, he still has Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey is always open. Travis Kelsey is never not open. So he still has a guy, everyone's acting like, oh, Mahomes doesn't have Tyree Kill. How's he going to do? He still has Tyre, He still has Travis Kelsey, guys. Hello, Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end in football. He has he has a guy throwing the football, and they and they will make do with whoever they have left. Andy Reid is really good at evaluating receivers. Now we'll see how they do with without a without two studs, just one stud, and we'll see what happens. Can Eric Bieniemy call plays better than he did in the AFC title game? We shall find out. Number two on this list is the freak of nature. The video game come to life, Josh Allen. 6'6", 250 pounds, can run over guys, can hurdle over guys, can run around guys, and they can throw the ball 60 yards on his tuckus and hit it and throw it on a dime. Josh Allen is the video game. He is losing his offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, so we'll see how much that affects him. I think it'll affect the Bills more than we think, but Josh Allen on talent alone and with his receiving core intact, he is a stud, and how can you not pick Josh Allen as a top three quarterback with ease? Josh Allen is that guy. He, If he has consistency this year, which he had some troubles with last year, he is an MVP of the league quite easily. And number one is a man, not, not a man, a legend, named Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. He was the league leader in passing and touchdowns last year at the ripe, Young age of 44 years old, I believe. Tom Brady. 
Yeah, he's a pretty good guy. Oh, yeah, he's also tired for Game Brain. That's why he's number one on this list. He is still Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. You don't pick against Tom Brady. If he's in the league, he's number one. That's the, that's the rules. That's how it's always going to be until we have evidence to the contrary, which we do not. So Tom Brady's number one on this list. Yes, is he more talented than Josh Allen? No, but is he better than Josh Allen? Yes, because Tom Brady can still get the job done, despite the fact he's never been able to run faster than, uh, than a snail out of the pocket because Tom Brady beats you with his mind and he still beats you with pinpoint accuracy. Still has enough juice on his arm to, to throw the deep ball or the uh, pass into the tight windows. So so Tom Brady's number one. So to repeat the list, number 10, Dak Prescott. Number nine, Derek Carr. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Number six, Joe Burrow. Number five, Aaron Rodgers. Some people are going to be unhappy about that, but come at me, bro. I don't care. Number four, Matthew Stafford. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Josh Allen. Number one, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. So who would I leave off this list that you might be upset about? Well, I left off uh, Kyler Murray. And the reason for that is this is the best quarterback for the 2022 season of the 2022 half season. So Kyler Murray's great for half a season. Full season? Nah. Nah, bro. He needs DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins on the field. He needs everything going right for him to be good. Where all these other quarterbacks on the list, they can survive in adversity. Kyler Murray does not, therefore he's off the list. Also, Lamar Jackson. I did the same thing other people have done. I know there's been lists by the Rich Eisen Show guys. They've some one of them has left Lamar off their list. And the reason for me is this is top ten QBs, not top ten running backs. Okay, let's just call it what it is, guys. I I've always said Lamar Jackson is the the running quarterback. Where he had an ankle injury. I don't recall how serious it was. I had to look it up again. I forgot to look it up. But he was out for the rest of the, the rest of the season with an ankle injury. Name a quarterback on that list who's out with an ankle injury. Not one. Tom Brady's played through ankle injuries. He tore through a tear his MCL when he won the Super Bowl. I, uh, I mean, there's. remember Phil Rivers in the 2007 AFC title game, I think? I can't remember. I had to look up when it, uh, Phil Rivers played with a torn ACL. Uh, the, the great quarterback quarterbacks, quarterbacks play through leg injuries all the time if they can. Uh, they, they won't play through shoulder injuries, but they'll play through leg injuries when at all possible. We did not see that with Lamar, which makes me question his abilities as a passer, not a runner, but a passer if he needs his ankles, if he needs all his legs to be good at throwing the football, like his running ability to be good at throwing the football. That leaves me with questions, which I have always had about Aaron Rodgers, which is when he can't be mobile, he's not as good. Though that's been since be backing up every time he has, he can't flush out the to the pocket. He's still a very good quarterback, but he's not Hall of Fame level good like he is when he can't move around. So yes, I love Lamar and Kyler off my list. Kyler because he's only half a quarterback because he only plays good for half a season. And Lamar because he's a running back, not a quarterback. Come at me, bro. I don't care. Thank you guys for listening to the show. I know it's just Chris ranting and raving and being a complete lunatic, but I like doing this. And I like to give you guys some content sometimes when Tom is out. So, yeah, it's a little bit weird just me talking. So, But if you want to give me some feedback, let me know on the Facebook page. And that's also what I'll post this, video, this uh, link to our uh, anchor page uh, for the show. Let us know. We'll post comments and updates about the show. I did not post that as recording because kind of surprised for you all that I actually recorded and you can also reach out to us on the email page, uh, our email at sports and more with CT. That's capital C, capital T, at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts or questions about 
ideas we do for the show going forward. We're in the summer months, so we're kind of striving for content. Yes, I know the MLB All-Star Games coming up, but the Cubs suck. And the MLB, unfortunately, is a very much a uh, a local league. It's where you follow your team, and that's really it. There's not as much following for the uh, national teams as it is for football. And unfortunately, the Cubs are just ter- are just terrible. So Tom and I don't talk about baseball because the Cubs just stink. Maybe we can talk about the Angels and and answer the question of how the heck do you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and be this bad? I mean, the Cubs might actually be a playoff team if they had those two. In all honesty, the Cubs might actually be a playoff team if they had those two because they would actually be playing better baseball, but they don't. So that's how that goes. You also go to our anchor page, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Coconut Radio. I, I That's not a real thing, but or any of our other channels for all our shows, all our historical shows, all our shows we've done in the past, and that and those we're going to do now, and those we're going to do in the future, they're all there. Listen to them. They're all great. Uh, uh, maybe not all great, but they're, I, I like them all. They're fun to listen to, and it's great to see how we've grown in the past. Maybe I've gotten better on the solo stuff, but let me know. Let me know if there's things I can improve on and things I can do better as a co-host and, and solo host of this show when I need to be. And I would like to thank all of you, probably the tens and tens of people listening to my ridiculous takes and ramblings on stagflation, baseball, and about NFL QBs, especially when I rag on guys that everyone loves because that's what Chris does. When he gets a feeling about something, he tells you how it is. And our next, the next episode of Creation Day is to be decided. Tom and I will need to have a chat when he's back from vacation about when he wants to record again. But we will have another episode out for you next week, I believe, because I am free. I've got nothing else going on. Uh, so we will hopefully have an episode for you guys next week. But until that time, stay safe, stay healthy, always do your research, like with stagflation, and above all, stay free. <laughs> Sports and more with Chris and Tom is brought to you by no one. All non-original thoughts and ideas were properly noted during each segment.